Ah, it's a good day, even with the rain, to be here. And it's a full house. I want to give a special shout out this morning to, is Ed around? Um, Ed came in last Sunday and saw that we needed a little help with our ceiling and volunteered to paint. Came in Friday, got down his, there's Ed, there he is. So we just want to thank Ed that he saw that. And then Ed was a little, was, was a little um, mad because we only gave him time to do this and he looked around and saw more he wanted to do. So we <laughs> praise God for people like Ed who are willing just to chip in, right? See a need, meet the need. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm grateful. How about we do this? How about you turn to your neighbor and just give him a hug and say, it's good to see you. All right, now turn to the neighbor you don't know <laughs> and say, it's good to see you. It's good to see you, Kenny. Amen, amen. Good morning. Yeah. Because we have time. We always have time. Can I ask a favor and get a light back here? Uh, if somebody can, can, right here, hit the light for me. Um, we always have time to say hello. We always want to take time to look at each other in the face and recognize each other. Amen? So I'm going to say what I shouldn't say, which is I'm going to try not to be before you long today. Uh, usually when I say that right, somebody goes, oh, oh, yep. I might you end up going longer than you planned. But today um, I want to talk a little bit about planet to grow, lasting fruit. And then I want us, so I'm giving you a heads up to break into uh, small groups for some prayer, okay? So everybody that just got scared, calm down, because <laughs> it's going to be okay, because I'm going to give you some options, and one of the options is pass. So we are all welcome in whatever state we are. Some days we feel like talking, some days we don't. Some days the words can't be expressed, but it's nice to sit in the midst of a community that can see us, maybe pray for us without saying a word. Amen? Amen. 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 But, you know, prayer is uh, one of the most important things we can do as a community. So I hope to integrate it in a lot, a lot of different ways. Okay? All right. We have been studying about the message and the means. We learned, again, that God is community and that this wonderful message is that God has created us to be a community as well, the human community. And we reflect God's image, not just as individuals, but more so in the power of being a community that loves each other. Um, we show his likeness. Ephesians 3.10 says, the manifold wisdom of God is revealed through us, through our unity to the world. Um, and that unity can cast, can break down all the strongholds, everything that denies the power of God in this earth when we move forth that way. So we work toward that. We are the human community. And I don't know what's happening. Oh. <laughs> like, what's going on? Oh. Um, and we studied the means. Uh, the means by which God has empowered us to live out our purpose. The purpose that God has given us, one, the first purpose God gave us as a community is to be fruitful and multiply and to fill the earth. And God has equipped us through the Holy Spirit to fulfill the purpose of humanity in the earth. Um, there are a lot of things that we can claim as purpose. I heard someone the other day saying, our purpose is for spiritual warfare, and that's the primary thing, and our purpose is for that, and this other thing, and it's the primary thing. The primary thing is God hasn't changed God's mind. He called us to be fulfilled and to fill this place with his glory. Amen. So as we continue that, I want, to, um, I want to slow down a bit. I feel like I've been giving you a lot to think about. I hope people are listening to the, uh, to the recordings, playing it back. And feel free to call me, ask a question. But I want to continue the conversation about um, the spirit I recognize um, from my own life experience that when people start talking about the Holy Spirit, I get a little nervous because I don't know if we're talking about doing cartwheels and flips 
you know, or the wilder side of things that I've seen in my life. I, um, but the other side of me is that I get really excited to talk about the Spirit of God because God has decided that God is going to make a home to live in us, to tabernacle and dwell inside of each and every one of us who believe. And it is an incredible, awesome thing that God has done for us. Um, God has always intended, God has always intended to walk through life with us. In the garden, he walked through the cool of the day. Then God came in the form of Jesus and walked with us on earth. And now God lives inside of us and walks with us. God always intended to be close, intimate relationship with us. Um, so I want to share just a little bit about my, um, my just initial experiences with, uh, with God. As you all are getting to know me, I thought maybe that would be a, a good thing to, to share. Um, when I was a teenager, uh, just getting ready to go into high school, there was a group of us that were so excited. Let me tell you something. We were going to high school. We were going to be it, okay? And so there was a group of us who were, going, who were into cheering. So they were doing the cheerleader thing. And I was in the band. So, And in my neighborhood, in my city, that band was the thing. It was a lot of kids in my neighborhood. And uh, so I grew up watching that band, and it was my turn. So it was cool. And so we were all talking about the future and what high school would look like. And just as we entered our first year, um, a friend, one of the cheerleaders, got sick. And we would hear in the announcements that she's sick, we need to pray for her. And it just it just kept making that announcement again and again, and it, and it started touching my heart. What is going on? Her name um, is Shannon. Uh, I believe she's with the Lord. So her name's Shannon Barnes. And um, I remember that that's the first time that I participated in earnest prayer. I've been around church people, went to church, but that was about it. That's all I thought you were supposed to do is just go, you know? Um, until there was this need that presented itself. And I would pray and pray for Shannon. I didn't know how to pray, but I would pray. I remember, you know, somewhere I heard a scripture about going into a closet, so I went and got close to my closet. I don't know what, if it would work, I tried to do it, you know, and pray for Shannon that, that God would heal her body and that she'd return because we were all so excited about being together. And I see the impact that it was having on my classmates. And so... Um, in the course of that praying, I started wondering about who this God was that um, I was praying to. Because on one street, there was a, a Presbyterian church. Down the street was a Baptist church. We had a holiness church. All these churches were around. And which church is the right church, you know? Um, it turns out that Shannon died. It was, it was really weird because the night Shannon died, I was wide awake. And I had been praying for her again. And something that you might call spooky happened. My clock fell off, uh, off my table and stopped. And when I got to school the next day, I found out it stopped the time that Shannon died. And I was like, okay, that's spooky. <laughs> but then I was like, okay, Lord, you knew and you wanted me to know that you heard me and you weren't ignoring the prayer. Um, it was through that initial encounter that I spent about a year and a half talking to God and trying to figure out what I was supposed to do. And I shared that story with you that I was on one of the band trips. And a person, uh, a young man uh, who was dealing with his sexual orientation, everybody talked about him, joked him, but he loved Jesus so much that he would witness to people. And in his love for Jesus, he witnessed one day. And while the woman beside him said no to Jesus, the Lord just blessed my heart and I said yes. And it, it was a blessing to my soul. Um, and so I'm grateful, I'm grateful. But that started a trip for me. You know, I told you he told me, read your Bible and if you have a question, just ask God. I didn't know anything. That sounded like good advice to me, right? Just ask God. So I would read scripture, and if I didn't understand, I'd go, Lord, what does this mean? Now, I wasn't, like, expecting an answer in that moment, but I was expecting an answer. 
Because God said, ask God. And he knocked the clock off the thing. So, <laughs> so um, I began um, to learn about talking to God and asking God, you know. So I'd go to church, and I'd hear these prayers, right? Our God and Father, we bless you this morning, and we thank you, Lord, for coming in. And I'm like, is that how you're supposed to pray? Because I'm not praying like that. I'm just going, what's this mean, you know, and thank you for this day and just the regular stuff. And so I was getting a bit confused about that. And I had grown up in a Baptist church in the South and a holiness church in the South. And, you know, toward the end of the pastor's sermon, it gets really good for them Southern preachers. <laughs> it does. You can't deny it, right? Y'all hope I preach like that. I'm going to surprise you. I'm going to come out with it. But it was, all, it was so exciting what would happen if everybody was amening and people would get what we call get happy or get filled with the Holy Spirit. And some of it would be cool because they would be, what I would say, was kind of calm. I guess I am talking about people, but I'm not trying to talk, talk about people. Um, but some of it would get kind of wild. And I'd wonder, what the heck is going on here? You know, and I don't do that. Does that mean I don't have the Spirit? And then you have people that came up to me and said, are you filled with the Spirit? <laughs> like, I think so. <laughs> you know, the scripture says, I'm new, he's in me. No. And so, went through this whole thing on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you know. And so, I didn't understand all that stuff. I didn't understand what they meant when they asked so I said the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's what, what they would say. I didn't know. Yeah, I already had the Spirit. Because I didn't know. Somebody said, you want all God has for you. I said, yes. And they said, well, just pray and ask God to give you all that he has for you. And I was like, that's cool. And I know that some people don't believe in speaking in tongues. But before anybody told me anything about it, I started speaking in tongues. So I was like, when they said, explain what the baptism of the Holy Spirit was, I was like, cool. But then as soon as somebody said it, this other dude came up and said, no, that's not real. And so I'm like, that's not real? You say it's real? It happened to me March 30th, 1982. It happened to me? What's the deal? What's the deal? So it became, and any time God did anything in my life, it be, it, I started putting it in this little box called, I'm not going to talk about that stuff. That's the stuff you don't talk about because it's weird. And people got all kinds of opinions about everything. And, uh, and people talked about people that spoke in tongues so bad. And then people that didn't talk in tongues talked about the people who talked in tongues so bad. <laughs> so it's just like, oh my gosh. And so I felt like I had a secret life in God where I'd ask God, and I enjoyed the secret life, you know? And so, you know, you attach, this is my closet, I'm gonna go in my closet and do whatever we do in my closet with God, and it's cool. But it was missing folks. I tell these stories because I want you to know me. And I tell them because I don't want you to be alone in your thoughts. If it feels weird to talk about it, or you've had an experience in your life, I was part of a student ministry that ministered throughout the state of Virginia, and uh, we had a black student conference. Took, I was responsible for the group we took. I'm in the balcony. Everybody was there. So it was, you know, it's late at night, and people are just, you know, it was the Christian version of wowing, you know? And I happened to look down and saw one of the students that came with me, and she was rocking. And there was this group gathered around her, and she was just rocking. And I looked over, and a girlfriend had seen her at the same time. We both looked at each other, and we headed downstairs. And so secretly, we had to get her out of that room. I later learned she was dating somebody at another college, and they got her in a private room, and she went into a catatonic state. So scared. But they were trying to pray so she could receive the Holy Spirit and just didn't know what they were doing. Been in other places where... I don't know if I said this last week. Um, someone was in a diabetic coma or going shock, and they thought they were filled with the Spirit. It's just like, come on. And I get, would get so disappointed at the campus ministers because they weren't going in and teaching, you know, and stopping this nonsense from happening. 
But every, it seems like everybody is afraid or was afraid of being called not spiritual or not being spiritual enough. So that this, what's happened in the charisms of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, give us some kind of status and rating about how spiritual we are when we're participating. I had a word of knowledge. And, you know, I joked last week. People get up and, you know, they go into, like, King James English, thus saith the Lord thy God. It's like as if God doesn't speak our English today. And it, it, but there's this thing, this stuff that we do that make it, we think it's mystical, and we make it spooky. And some of it comes out of our lack of self-esteem because we want to be more. And I keep saying, I'm not special, but I am. We're special. I don't want those experiences, negative experiences, to keep us away from meeting God, the fullness of God. I want us to be able to talk about the things that have happened in our lives, to ask the questions, to share the insecurities, because God always intended to walk with us in life. I know our Reformed brothers and sisters says that God doesn't move and talk to you the way I'm, I'm describing. That just hasn't been my experience. And I have great brothers and sisters of faith and have learned a lot from them. Amen? But this is who I am. And so because it's me, I'm going to share like that. Does that mean you have to believe it because I said it? No. I never want you to just believe something because I said it. I want you to ask God. Okay? All right. Um, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, I thank God more than all of y'all that I speak in unknown tongues. But. I would rather have five words in understanding that I can help someone than speak 10,000 words in tongues. There's a place and there's a time for those kinds of things. And if God chooses to move, then it's God's choice because we humble ourselves before him. But I believe that if God were to move and somebody were to get up and speak in tongues, this is a crowd. The Lord would have to bring interpretation, you know? And that stuff gets... And that's okay. We can be unsure. And we can search the scripture together. And we can talk. Most of us experience a word of wisdom or word of knowledge from people, and we never even know that it was that. We just go, ooh, isn't that a coincidence? Last night, we had a group here. Um, and I was upstairs uh, preparing a sermon and stuff and came down for some of the worship and at the end of the worship, this woman put her arms around me and said, you are, you are just a big old cup of fruit juice, just filled up with fruit. And I laughed because I'm like, that's what we preaching on. <laughs> it's like, yo, Lord, that's cool. That's cool. You know, because he just does little things like that, you know, and, and it's neat. It's neat. He does big things always. Remember, miracles are not. We, we get into this thing, miracles are supernatural and super historical. The world was created in miracle. Let there be was a miracle. There was nothing, or as um, Karl Barth said, God stepped into the nothingness and created something. Miracle. So miracles are supposed to be the fabric of our lives, and to experience them is supposed to be something that, that's normal. But because of our sin nature and because of all the garbage that's happened in the world, we get kind of spooked out until it's the one we want. <laughs> then we're like, yay, God. <laughs> and maybe it's just a matter of human, human nature. But I am of this opinion, just so you know me. I don't go running after spiritual gifts. I don't go chasing dreams. I don't go chasing visions. If God wants me to have one, then God will give me one. I chase God. I chase God, not the thing, not the status. Been, been there, I always felt inferior with folks that did that because I never felt like it was right because that's not how I know him. So if that's you, if you have gifts and God is using you, 
using you in terms of those gifts, use them to the glory of God. But again, I say we chase God and not the gift. And because we chase God and God is chasing us, we get to experience the miracles and the gifts. All right? Amen? Amen. Um, so, as a follower of Christ, more so than a minister, as a follower, I want my family to know God. You are my family. You are my family. And I don't see it as a special thing because I'm the minister of this house. I've always wanted my family to know God. I love the word of God. I love teasing out different things in the word of God. It's fun to me. But I've always been like that. What do you love? What did God use you to do? What's fun for you with the Lord? You might find your gifting in that thing. And that's the thing that you share first with this family in helping us from our different gifts and different perspectives come to know the Lord. You see, because it's, it's important for us to know the Lord as individuals, yes. And we live in a society, though, that focuses on our individuality. But we were called to reflect the image of God as a community. And so we have to learn how to hear God as a community. And that's not easy. That's not easy. And it's easier. I keep forgetting about my dangly earrings. It's easier to just let the, pe the pastor or the deacons or those that look more spiritual do the work. But that's not how it works. God wants to use all of us. Amen? Amen. Okay. Now I got to remind y'all again, I'm from the South. So I need some, if y'all don't want to say amen, I just need some of this, okay? Or if you don't get it and you think I'm wrong, it means I need to do some more expl explaining and it's okay. Do like this. I don't get that. It's okay. It really is. Okay with me, all right? Um, but if you want to be verbal, go ahead and holler out too. That's good. That, that's good. That's good. You see, my role is to be a conduit. For those who are young in the Lord, I help people come to understand the Lord and we work together and walk together so that you can ask, is that the Lord? And we can go and discern it together. And then there comes a time as you're growing in your knowledge of Christ that you don't need to ask me so much and I can get out of the way. And you and the Lord can talk and you can hear from God. And then we come into a community, a, a body together as we're trying to discern the next steps because I'm preparing y'all for something. We're going to do some visioning in the church as we prepare for the next steps and we discern what God is calling us to do. I love church mission statements because um, I worked uh, for Black Ministerial Alliance up in Boston and we had a bunch of money we were giving away and churches were included and they had to give us uh, their paperwork and then included their mission statements. And all of them said something like to make Jesus known. I'm like, that is wonderful. It really is. But that's why the body of Christ exists. Why does your church exist in your community or in your world? What is God calling your body to do? I love ours. To make a good community even better because we want people to live satisfying lives. There's a whole lot to work with in there. I was like, yeah. <laughs> But again, my role is to be a conduit and then to pull out and lead the family in how we discern. Make sense? All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So let's dig in a little bit. We're going to start with uh, John 15. Can I say this also? I love that our kids are with us today, that the young people are leading service or, and helping and support. I would like that to be an uh, every Sunday kind of thing. I would like that kids are regular members of our worship teams. I would love to have some junior ministers who want to come and learn how to preach and maybe do a portion of the sermon. I would love to see the kids in every fabric of everything we do. And I would love to see 
some of our millennials, and I would love to see, as, as Mr. Denny says back there, some of our old heads. <laughs> uh, some of our elderly, our seniors, also involved. I, we need to be a multi-generational church. Amen? Everybody has something to contribute. Everybody has something we can learn from. Amen? Thank you. Mr. Denny was responsible for us stopping for a minute and saying we have time to say hello. God uses all of us. All right? So let's look at um, John 15, 9 through 17. Verse 9. I have loved you even as the Father has loved us. Remain in my love. This is the New Living Translation. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I've told you these things so that you will be filled with joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. First, remain in his love. Now, the King James says, if you abide in me and I abide in you, that abiding presence of God, that it's a relationship word, okay? So we want to remain in a place where we are listening to what God is saying. So it starts off as simply as this. You wake up in the morning or whatever time you wake up because you got to go to work. Somebody, some of us wake up at 6 at night. But you invite God to partner with us in the course of our day. I know it seems simple. Come on, how many, how many things? We know a lot of things in our head, right? We mentally assent to a lot. But what we actually believe we live, I know far more than it's living, than I'm living. Right? And we want to put some things in practice. So, remain in my love. So, we want to invite him. Invite God, the parent, into our life on a daily basis. And that means we got to talk to God throughout the course of the day. I know sometimes I pray and I just get up and go. Right? But the reminders, because the Holy Spirit has a way of doing like this, about the things we're encountering. When my husband is getting on my nerves, <laughs> really has to get my attention. Because when the Holy Spirit... I get an opportunity to ask a question. You know, maybe it's someone and not just a husband or a wife who is saying some things, a spouse, who's saying some things that we really don't, they make us mad, but we need to ask a question. And that pause that we get with the Holy Spirit is to ask, what am I really seeing? When we get together in community and things are happening in our community and it's making us mad, we have to ask the question because it's in us just to respond, right? I can go off just like the next person. There's some things that just make me nutty. And I am so grateful for a church council that's just quiet when I'm nutty. <laughs> then they wait for me to get my senses back together and, okay, now let's talk. <laughs> Not everything, just a few things. To ask the question. What's happening here? Because we have to safeguard our community. We have to safeguard our relationships while we do community. We have learned, um, help me, Lord. We say we value community, right? But when you think about your house and who's coming in and out of it, who's coming in and out of your house? What do they look like? When you get phone calls from friends, are you getting phone calls from friends? Am I calling friends? And who are those people? Sometimes our church experiences have taught us, unfortunately, because of how complicated and messy life is, that community is bad and isolation is good. But we live with a God who said that being alone is not good. Not good. So what's gotten written as a core belief in our head is, I need to hide, 
and isolate myself, and then I will be safe. And so we learn how to be in a room full of people and hide. When one of the deepest desires of the human heart is to know and to be known. They knew God in the Garden of Eden, those first humans. But when they were separated, they hid themselves. They not only hid with garments, but they hid with the things they made the garments from. That illusion, I look like this person instead of that person. To this crowd, I'll appear to be this way. But when I get over here, I'm going to be that way. When I come to church, ooh, I don't want anybody to really know my life. Because then they may have a comment about my life. So I'm going to be churchy or I'm going to do I'm, everything I'm saying I've been. Okay? So I might hide in the back row. I might hide in the middle. I might hide on the worship team. I might hide in the pastorate. And then I look good, and everybody can say wonderful things, and I'm a Christian, but the Lord knows my heart. And we are living in a time of great separation. We are living in a time when our communications on television, on our communications with one another, our communications out in the street, deal us in death, those things that separate, those things that hurt, those things that diminish, those things that destroy. We are living in that time, but yet Mosaic Community Church, Mosaic Community Church stands as a beacon. We're full of potential. We're kind of fruity. to demonstrate something different. And you have been demonstrating it, and God is calling us to do that more and more. But the realness is needed. We gotta go deeper. Heard someone say, authenticity, they're tired of it. It's, it's one of the, I can't say it. Come somebody, no, existential. It came up then. Um, <laughs> things of our life that, that, you know, the greatest thing about life for you today is to be authentic. And, uh, and they diminish that. And I'm like, no. You know, God just wants you to be like him. Why is that not, not authentic? I was made in God's image and likeness. My deepest goal is to be like Jesus. I want to be like my big brother. I want to be like my big brother when I'm looking at you and talking to you. I'm excited about coffee with you. I want to look like my big brother when we're trying to figure out a nasty knot and twist we got in the church. I want to look like Jesus. See, it's not about the end product because our end product has already been established. It's about what we do in the meantime. What we do when it's ugly and it's hard. What we do when it makes us want to cry. What we do when we get haunted. And I call haunting when we have those past memories of things that hurt us. And sometimes the memory is so powerful, it feels like we're back in the situation again. That's a haunting. What do we do? Where do we go? And we usually run to isolation. I handle this. I got this. Or the commercial. I love that old commercial. Never let them see you sweat. <laughs> I knew how to do that well. But remaining in God's love, abiding in God's presence, is just being who we are and talking about it. Lord, I talk about my husband because he's used to it. And he's not here. He's used to me talking about him. <laughs> Lord, if this man didn't get out my face today, <laughs> and you give the look, you know, and then you got to repent. <laughs> and he does the same thing to me. One day, last week, he looked at me. And the way he looked at me, I had to laugh. I was like, oh, I'm getting on your nerves. <laughs> Bet. I'm out. <laughs> you know, I just left because we need a break. But there was an old angel that would have fought. I would have fought. Who do you think you are? I can sit in my living room if I want to. And why would that get on your nerves? I'm just saying. <laughs> so we make light of it. But we do the same thing in church. But we do it in here more so than here. 
Remaining in God's love is not about trying to stay safe. Remaining in God's love is about walking on water and being and defying death. Again, defying death is that which separates us. Next. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way that I've loved you. Jesus is not asking us to do anything that Jesus has not done himself. Jesus has led us and shown us the way. And he offers this commandment, love each other. Lay down your life, as the next verse says. There's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. 15, I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father has told me. In um, Greek culture, there are different levels of friendship. Um, there was like the association, I know you, I see you around in the community. There was the patron, I do things for you, you do things for me. And so that was a deeper level of friendship. But then there was the confidant, and you shared deeply with that individual. So for those who were hearing uh, Jesus speak who were outside of Jewish culture, they understood that he was talking in terms of those levels. So those within, within Jewish culture, they knew the difference in having a confidant, someone that you, that you shared deeply with because they honored and respected people of higher authority. But Jesus says this to us, and the thing that we, um, we quote but really have to know, I don't call you my servant, I call you my friend. And so friendship implies intimacy. A depth of intimacy that I don't run from you, Lord, I run to tell you about my happy little self and what my happy little self just did, just said, just thought, the joys, the sorrows, the excitement. It's funny, we talk about a, a living God and you know, the, one of the first things I did when I, um, when, when Jim called me to tell me that the church said yes to me, it was a fantastic day. You know, the first thing I did was tell my mama. <laughs> and that's cool, because I was home, and you guys know my father just passed, and it was a joy to bring in. But I told my mother, and then she went and told somebody, and then my brother came in, and, and I sat there for a minute, and I said, Lord, I'm telling everybody, I'm saying how happy and joyful I am. I have not said a word to you. <laughs> Thank you. Not that God gets mad about anything like that. He doesn't. But the remembrance, you know, that I'm sharing life with him. This is the call that God has on my life, and I get to step into it. And, you know, after you think about it for a minute, you get kind of nervous about the call on your life because all of y'all are looking at me. And you need, I need him. Again, I know this is simple stuff, um, but it's important stuff. Uh, when I was little, we used to joke around about saying people had big head and the last thing you want to do would be a big-headed baby. <laughs> Ignorant, you know ignorance of kids, but, um, but that came to mean something in Christendom for me because we know a lot about God. And I lived in, Bo I lived in Boston with all the elite students. I was on, on Harvard's campus and MIT's campus and a lot of places and conferences. My pastor was good to me, he took me with him in all kinds of places. And the one thing I learned was that I was not impressed. conversations I listened to, I was not impressed. They were deep, they knew their feels, but the way people treated one another. I grew up, your education was for someone else, not just for you. Uh, my second cousin, I call an aunt, has her PhD. 
she went to school to get her PhD based on my father who only has a sixth grade education. He signed the loan for her. We were all invested in their stories. I never knew that, yes, said this, I never knew that until last year when my father, or earlier this year when my father was passing that he paid for her education. But that happened in the community and nobody told people. Some, some kids went to school and never knew. They let the other person who was helping them let the, them think their parents did it. They honored the parent and the role and they didn't need the praise. The genuineness of the way we love each other in community is an amazing thing and I want to see it. And so if we go step by step to talk about that and I present examples of it, it's because I want us to think about it and actually do it. You and I don't need another new deep thing in Jesus to learn. We need to practice the old stuff in Jesus we already know. And I want to be a community that actually does that. Jesus says this, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. He says, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I'm not special, but I am. I was chosen by Almighty God to be a representative. I keep thinking I got this mic and not this one. I, <laughs> to be a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ, right? He appointed me to go. There are other versions. Can I get another? I think I have another slide up that has like an amplified version. Go, go back. Do you know how to go back? I'm sorry. I'm putting the kids on the spot. It's like, sit here, use this, and click that. That's all you need to know. And then I ask for something different. Um, he says, I appointed you. I called you. The Amplified Version says, I planted you. I put you into the earth in wherever place he put you that you're supposed to grow because you're that kind of seed. But here's the deal with what happens when he puts us into that place in the earth because we're that kind of seed. What in, ger in the germination process, what's the first thing that has to happen to a seed? It dies. It dies, and this new life breaks forth. And when you get a sprout, if you've ever dug up sprouts and pulled up with the, with the roots, do you see the seed in the ground anymore? Do you see that seed? It's gone. A transformation has happened. What the God is asking for us in that I chose you. I chose you to die to who you are today. I chose you to be planted in this ground called West Philly or this ground called New York or Colorado or over the water in another nation. I've called you to that ground. And in that ground, you've got to let go of something because the spirit of God has come to live within our hearts and we are coming closer and closer together. Remember how I talked about the interpenetrating unity of God with God's self, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, or the parent, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And their relationship is so close, so loving, so devoted. This is a relationship we're supposed to have with God and the Spirit living within us, so loving, so devoted, and so very present that we develop a consciousness that allows us to die to selfishness, to being first to being it all about me. To being angel, the individual who doesn't feel like being mom or angel in times past I've been who no longer wants to be wife and helps me to see beyond my complaint, my issue, please hear me, that are real, that are real, to say, what am I seeing? What's being communicated? 
And how can this be overcome? God, if you don't help me, I'm not going to make it through. Those prayers are wonderful. And God hears us in my life. He's answered them. I've needed them. But I want to get to a place where I'm not just praying those prayers like that, but praying the, Lord, if you don't help me in the course of the day, I'm going to miss an opportunity. I'm going to miss an opportunity to share with someone, to care with someone, to love someone. I'm going to miss an opportunity with my kids. I'm going to miss an opportunity to say I'm sorry. I'm going to miss an opportunity, Lord, to laugh. I'm going to miss an opportunity, Lord. But see, the Lord has a way of slowing us down in the relationship. I love the image of the cool of the day because it implies, you know, evening stroll kind of things that slow us down and help us pay attention to what's important and what's needed. I love that. Because I need that in life because we get so busy, we're doing so many things, we're always rushing about that we don't. As Denny reminded me this morning, take the time for each other. All right, going too far, going. I really want to uh, emphasize that. There is a transformation. Romans, we don't have the slide for this, says, um, he, and Paul writes and begs us by the mercies of God to present ourselves living sacrifices. We live in a day when we don't like that word. I don't like that word. Um, but the reality is, I need you to like that word for my life to be better. And you need me to like that word for your life. He planted me so I can let go of some things that help me, that will enable me to care for the community, to help me become someone who becomes life giver in any and every situation. He's planted me to die to death, to hiding, to jealousy, to blaming, to all those things so that the life of God can live in me. Unless a seed is planted and dies, it won't produce fruit. Jesus said that about himself and that he had to die and be planted. And we don't get to skip anything that the Lord has done. We don't do it in the same way. I have never been nailed to a cross physically. I had a church in Boston nailed me to one symbolically. And it hurts, but you got to keep get up and keep going. All right. I would like us in these next few moments to spend some time in prayer. I would like us, if you would, and if it's okay. Are there any questions? Okay. To form some small groups, maybe three or four people. Doesn't have to be big. Can be right where you are, it's okay. And I'd like us to have a conversation with God. Um, a lot of you have been here for, for this series and the series before. Um, some of us are, um, are feeling some of that stuff I talked about early on with the Holy Spirit. When people talk about the Spirit and you don't want to hear it, some of you may be even frustrated right now. So I want you to know it's okay to say in the time that you're in prayer together, I don't know about all this, Lord. And I need you to show me. It's okay to say to the Lord while you're in the midst of the group, the group I want to be a part of a healthy community, a spirit-led community. Question mark. You can fill in that blank. Teach me. Teach us how to, to be that community. Or you may have a prayer concern. Now, this is not a time to get somebody the entire story of how this prayer concern was developed and came about. Okay? 
is just to say, I need prayer for this. Or you can say, pass. I don't have anything to say today. Okay? But sit with the community, if you will. All right? For some who have never kind of done this stuff in a church setting, um, it may be a leap of faith to participate. But I want to encourage us to do so. Because our willingness to pray together, our willingness to be present to the Lord together, is something that the Lord is going to, to bless. I believe that. I do. So if you would, those things are up on the board. If you take a few minutes and just pray together, form your own groups, and then we will enter into our time of communion and worship. All right? Amen. Amen, everybody. All right. I know I went long. See, I told you don't say, don't say you're going to go shorter because it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I try really hard to listen to the Holy Spirit. And sometimes it's a fight in me because I'm like, Lord, this is what I got planned and I want to stick to my plan. But Brother Denny came in and had some things to say and I felt the spirit tweaking me. And, uh, and a couple of more things happened. So um, I wanted to, uh, to make sure that I'm following him and what he said. So what the Lord is saying. Um, so Brother Denny came up and shared a little bit. Um, and said, Sister Angel, you shortchanged me <laughs> on a couple of things. He said, you shortchanged me on, oh, just one thing, on talking about compassion. One of the things that the community of God is uniquely called to do or to demonstrate is compassion. Compassion, there's a word, hesed, H-E-S-E-D, um, to help us understand and the way it was explained to me It's kind of like God saying, I'm going to chase you down, tackle you, roll over with you in the dirt to to bless you. I'm not going to let you outrun me so I can bless you. I care that much about you. And when we uh, have compassion for one another, when we share with one another, when we make everyone feel welcome in our community, it's a wonderful thing. So as a result of uh, today's service, Brother Ed, who's just visiting, we've been, um, you've all been blessing his brother, Billy, for a number of years. And Ed wanted to come in and uh, just meet the people that his brother talks about. And Ed said to me just now, I think I'm going to hang around here for a while. <laughs> so we thank God for that. And thank God because that, that's the first time I ever talked to Ed. It was y'all that have touched his life. And so he said he was sorry he couldn't stay. But he wanted us to know that. And he wants folks to know that if anybody needs a ride during the day, if you need anything that doesn't involve lifting because of his back, he's there for you. So if somebody needs that, take Ed up on it. That's community. You've been doing it. 